Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Architects of Entropy, and this is War Part uh, 7, I guess. Yeah, so it turns out that I wrote a combat that's very long, and it took us a while to do. So I decided instead of having a three-hour episode, I would cut it in half and release those halves as separate episodes. So that's what we did. So to do a quick recap of the previous episode, we welcomed back most of our cast, minus Rick, oddly enough, but we uh, added our friend Mario, who did a great job filling in and playing one of the Dragonborn of the Dragonborn Strike Force, whose job it was to break into the dark spire of the Lich Lord Dalar and steal back some eggs that somehow the Lich had gotten his hands on. So in our last episode, the Strike Force landed at the top of the tower, entered a chamber, and then fought a bunch of orcs. But that was only part of the story, because behind two huge doors lie the target, the eggs, the ritual, the lich. So our five heroes stand at the entrance of this final challenge, the boss fight of this war if there is such a thing. So, what happens next? Well, everybody pulls out dice and rolls initiative. So, why wait? Let's roll some initiative. Come on. See if you guys can do better this time. All right, Raskris. 15. All right, Golthok. 13. Okay, Tarnoth. 13. Okay, all right, Quig go to 14, and Ulthrax. 12. All right, well. It is what it is. All right, here we go. Up at the top of the order, Orc Blood Mage. Okay, got so many things, so many things. First thing it notices is a pile of burning bodies behind you. It looks a little bit sad, but enough of that. And it will raise his finger and point it at me. White Dragonborn standing by the door. Black beam of energy springs from his finger. 14, does a 14 hit you, Tarnoth? Does not. Okay, so his ray of enfeeblement will miss you. Woo! You do not want to get hit by those, those are bad. No, those are bad. All right, skeletons will start to move. There's skeleton that is standing directly to your left front part is going to come down and attack the assassin. Okay. Look out, it's a skeleton. Ooh, that's a 23 to hit you. That hits me. I'm going to use uh, my uncanny dodge. Okay. And what does that do? Just halves the damage. Halves the damage. Okay, so you will just take three points of damage. I'm going to intercept those three points. Okay, you will intercept those three points. You take no points of damage. Yes, I get it. And uh, Ulthrax takes a little bit of those damage. And his friend uh, directly on the other side of him is going to move up and attack that fighter. He swings his short sword and that uh, short sword goes flying across the room as he rolls a natural one. All right, all right, Blood Mage B. He is going to, let's see. Ah, oh, God, he's got so many cool things he can do. All righty. Yeah, he's gonna try and hit Ulthrax with a ray of enfeeblement now. Uh, so let's see if he can do that. Nice try. <laughs> Ooh. That is an 18. I do believe that hits you. It does. Oh, make All this right, so. You're not going to save? I'm sure you're going to save. 
you will. So it lasts for a minute, but in the end of each of your turns, you can make a constitution save to end the effects of the spell. But while the spell is in effect, you will only deal half damage with a weapon that uses strength. So you feel, so uh, this black energy that you saw go flying past Tarnoth actually just hits right into you. Kind of as you're moving to intercept that other skeleton and the other skeleton moves in, you're feeling like hot shit and this thing hits you and you're like, oh wow, I'm really tired. So, so tired. I could really use a nap. Raskris. So it's going to automatically affect me for a round and then I make the roll? Yeah, then you, yep. Okay. You make the save at the end of each round until you either beat it or mimic it. Okay. Okay. So I am going to cast Wall of Fire. All right. Um, so you're moving slightly ahead and putting where are you putting your Wall of Fire? From Delar and then on both sides through B and D. And then it, go, it can go, I think, a maximum of 60 feet. Yes. All right. So you're just like walling that back half off? Yeah. I take a step forward and wave my fingers around and a sheet of fire springs up from the ground up the steps of the ziggurat through Delar and a couple of his minions and they are awash with flame. They have to roll a deck saves of 15. So there are two zombies on either side of Delar and let's see what happens to them. Oh yeah, their decks is not good. They're zombies. Uh, so that is a... Oh! So one actually succeeds, the other one fails. So what's the damage? It is 19 on a missed save, 9 on a successful save. Okay. And it will be blasting waves of fire toward the back of the room. Okay. Alrighty, so you notice that the wall of fire definitely goes through those zombies and is there. However, Dalar, as he is covered by this weird time field that he's in. The fire does not seem to be affecting him as of right now because he's in this weird field, but it is there. But it he also there. does not seem to uh, pay any attention to that in any way or know that it happened. Interesting. Yeah. Quig Loudboom is going to uh, sheepishly move. Uh, well, he doesn't want to stand in front of any of the Dragonborn. He's going to just kind of uh, move diagonally back past Razkris to the other side, looking into the room, and he looks to be kind of examining what's going on, but then looks utterly perplexed and will hurl a firebolt out of his little cylinder at uh, one of the zombies. A zombie on the right. Zombie C. See if he can't... uh... Oh, he hits it with a 9 because they have armor class 8. Nice. That uh, That is funny. And he strikes zombie A for nine points fire damage. The zombie does not appear to notice. And then we go to Galthok. More. Okay, well, I will move up next to Tarnoth and attack, I guess, zombie A there. Oh, the skeleton. <laughs> or skeleton A, yeah. Uh, little, little skull head on guys back are those of you. Ghosty guys are zombies. That's All, right. All right, so I'll attack there. I'll strike twice. Okay. Well, that one's not very impressive. That's a, that's a 10, but I think the zombies are pretty slow. The other one is an 18. 18 will hit. All right. I have scraps of armor on them that are somewhat protected. All right. Scraps of armor. All right. But it says Flame armor. Tongue. Flame right. Tongue, Great Sword, does 17. Okay. 17. Okay, yeah, that will make that skeleton fall apart. And uh, 
Hulidut makes a xylophone noise. And we go to Tarna. Uh, I'm gonna snake attack the skeleton bee there. Yep. I'm hoping that hits us at 25. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that certainly hits him. That'll be 29 points. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that skeleton dead. The dead skeleton. Tarnath, are you going to do any kind of other actions? I'm going to move into the room behind the pillar that is across from zombie. The A is a zombie, right? Yes. I'll move and try to hide behind that pillar. Okay, so you move in and hide behind the first pillar to your left. And that is going to be a 23. 23. Okay. Zombies and uh, skeletons aren't super perceptive. So skeleton A, well, let's see. He can't possibly roll that because he has a minus one wisdom. Yay. (laughs) So he is just going to start shambling towards who he can see. He will move up to Gullfuck and get to Gullfuck. And then that's all they can do. Althrax. Yes. Okay. So... I'm wondering, is there something I can roll that will clue me in as to whether my poison breath attack will affect anything in this room? You can roll Arcana or just your straight intelligence. That's, they're going to be the same thing. So. Yeah, so just go ahead and roll it and make an intelligence roll. So a uh, total of 12. Okay, it's not a hard roll to know that poison generally does not affect the undead at all. Okay, yeah, I, I figured, but I was hoping there was something in here. Okay. Um, yeah, those stork necromancers, however, are certainly alive. Okay. And uh, they'll just, you know, kind of hear or not hear, so. <laughs> Still, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess then I'm just going to step up to zombie A. Okay. Couple shots. Yep. So, 11. Oh, because zombies. I, hit, I definitely hit both then. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has an armor class of 8. Yeah, I, I'd have to roll one to miss, so I will strike it twice. Okay. Will they take this necrotic damage? It will. Okay. I've only rolled a one every time, so hey, for the fourth time to roll, I rolled a one for the necrotic damage. Okay, so give me each damage roll aside each other because it's important. So the first hit will be a total of 12 plus one necrotic. Okay. And the second one will be, as low as I can roll, a six plus one necrotic. Okay. Are you taking care of the fact that I'm weaker, or do I need to be doing that? Okay, so he's taking half that, actually. Okay, so... Yeah, so we took seven and three. Well, that's a that's a whole different story. All right, go ahead and make a constitution save. Yes. Or you rave enfeeblement, because you hit him, but you know you should... You normally would have just hacked him in half, but you were like, ugh, it's so hard to swing the sword. Okay. Okay, so I've got a plus six here, so let's see this. Yeah. Oh, but I only rolled a four, so that's a ten. All right, so you are still enfeebled. Uh, uh, if it matters, he's in my aura of protection, which oh. will give him a little bit of a bonus. It, okay. Hang on, let me, let me, I gotta dig around and find it. It's plus three, so I don't know if that changes anything. Uh, so will not. Thirteen? Yeah. Keep, it, it, it's, uh, it's closer, but... Just, next round, I'll tell you that. Alright, Zombie C. Hey, you can get up to Althrax and actually attack him. So this zombie on the other side, coming from the right side of the front, uh, will attempt to slam Althrax and will just bounce off of his armor. Alright, it's uh, Zombie D's turn and he's standing in the flame wall. So Um, he's going to want to stay in the flame wall unless he doesn't want to keep getting damaged by it. Yeah, he's going to move out of the flame wall. Does he take damage if he stays no, there, or does he, he take damage? Uh, if he ends his turn. If he ends his turn. Oh, yeah, he's not going to end his turn. Or 
either in it or within 10 feet of the backside of it. Right, okay, so he is shamble in the direction of uh, the door. Skeleton in the back is going to, well, yeah, he's just gonna walk through it because he's uh, has an intelligence of three. So um, he'll take 5d8. Okay, let's see if he survives walking through the wall of fire. That is the best damage I have rolled today. So that is uh, 33. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so the skeleton behind the wall starts moving, ambling, short sword drawn in your direction. The necromancer standing there just goes, no, idiot. And uh, it disintegrates. Whoa, it disintegrates. Uh, <laughs> accidentally made his token huge, which is really easy to do. For uh, all of you who are curious, we're using a, a virtual tabletop called Owlbear Rodeo, which is kind of fun and a lot less, uh, troublesome than something like Roll20 when you're also, you know, trying to record audio and whatnot. Yes, um, Owlbear Rodeo is fantastic and we are currently seeking sponsorship. Yes. <laughs> and uh, any statements made about Roll20 or other system are uh, entirely not the opinions of the people using this Roll, roll t- well, Yeah, I really like Roll20 uh, and I'm fine. Uh, yeah. But it's very advanced, so it uses a lot of bandwidth. Alright, Skeleton C. And we're currently seeking that sweet, sweet Owlbear Rodeo money, so... Alright, Skeleton C, even with his six intelligence, he's smarter than a zombie, so Skeleton C is going to move back from it, from the burning, and move down and around, but he's way back there, but he has decided not to walk through the wall like his, uh, his idiot friend. Zombie B, on the other hand, um, well, he is going to shamble forward. And uh, yeah, so there's uh, there's uh, now a bunch of zombies shambling in the direction of the door. And we go back up to the top, round two of this particular fight. And the orc blood mage on the left, a ghostly skeletal hand will reach out from him and across the room and will attempt to touch Ulthrax, as he's using Chill Touch. Ooh, well, that is a 22 to hit you with said Chill Touch. All right, yeah, you are hit with a ghostly hand. Uh, You take seven points of necrotic damage, and the hand is still kind of on you. You're feeling like kind of weakening weird necromantic energy. It's not having any other direct effect on you, but it would counteract, uh, you know, certain other things if they were to happen. And then we go to the other blood mage. Other blood mage is going to attempt to... Yeah, he's going to do the same thing to Galthuk. So you're going to get a... There are uh, uh, skeletal hands floating across the room. Boy, they're really oh, good at spectral weapons, skeletal hands. Ah, oh, this is yeah, terrible. It's a, it's a spell. It's chill time. And uh, you will be struck by uh, four, ooh, 13 points of necromantic, necrotic damage. All right. Chris. All right. Um, hey, look so at the bunch of zombies are bunching up nicely. So Dalar and the eggs are yeah. all in the field. They seem to be protected somehow by this weird field. If you want to give me an arcana roll, um, maybe you can figure some things out about it. Sure. I can try. Um, that is 14. All right. So with a 14, you can tell that there is a ton of different kind of magical forces at work in that field. It's like 
uh, very dangerously cobbed together ritual that appears to be using extra planar magic and time magic kind of together in a very unwholesome package. So what's essentially happening is Dalar and the eggs are both here and in another plane simultaneously. So they're reacting weirdly. And he's focusing the time magic on these eggs to do something to them, maybe uh, force a hatching or, and there is definitely some kind of necromancy at play as well, but you're not exactly sure what this is, but this is an incredibly dangerous thing that he's attempting. It looks like he has barely control over all of it, but you think that if you can somehow maybe target one or all or any of these effects with something, you might be able to pull down one one of these things, but it's going to be tricky. Okay, and he's still not taking damage from the wall of fire? He does not appear to be taking damage right now from the wall of fire. You think if he is coming in and out of the prime material plane, you think he might start taking damage from it? You probably would at some point since he's like kind of blurring in and out. But for the moment, he appears to be in this other dimension. Okay. That could change at any moment. Interesting. Uh, if if he seems to be on the out of the material plane right now and just knowing that they're red dragon eggs, so maybe they're not super susceptible to fire, I'm going to target a fireball right about here, which should get the two blood mages and the three zombies uh, and just barely singe Ulthrax's eyebrows. Okay, so they're going to go ahead and make... That'll be some... uh, Dex saves. Some Dex 15 saves. I'm pretty sure Ulthrax's eyebrows are drawn on, so it'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, They may may melt them, which (laughs) may be even more offended by not super fast zombies working. Wow. Even with a six dex, all of them made the save. The lowest roll was a 15 by a zombie. Rolled a 17 minus two. But they're still going to take damage, so. Yes. Including the blood mages? The blood mages will take damage. It will take half damage, but they will take damage. Okay. All right. So half damage is still 14. 14 all around. All right, so the furthest back zombie, zombie B, will incinerate in the fire and uh, appear to turn into ash. The other zombie is on fire, but still kind of standing. Your other characters would know what this is. Some kind of special flame zombie, everybody. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm also very clever. Can't really be anything else. Yeah. If you've fought zombies before, you know that sometimes they go down and they get back up again but they don't get back up again with a lot of uh, real vim. Is there a whiskey drink involved, or is it a lager drink? Or uh, It's I'm a cider sorry. drink, perhaps. Okay, all right, good, good, good. good. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad we could make that reference. I hate those Chumbawamba zombies. <laughs> yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst. Can't believe you're using that supplement, Pat. That's, that's dirty cool. <laughs> I always knew you were a tub thumper. Oh, my God. You get one hit, and that's what you do with it anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, Quag. It's always strange when you get to Quag. He's been kind of examining that weird effect, too, and actually happens to be standing right next to you, Raskris. He goes, um, do you have any spells that can fuck with magic? I think that's what we got to do. I have a counter spell. 
that's pretty much it. Wait, do you have, um, sorry, your character should have Dispel Magic. Does he not have Dispel Magic? As I was saying, I have Dispel Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try try that. I'm going to try this. And then Quag will produce his little cylinder and shoot a flame bolt at the zombie standing in front of Gulfra. And uh, it fizzles. <laughs> ah, damn it. As he rolls a natural one. And, uh, he tried, and that's what's important. Gullthog. All right, well, uh, for my action, I will lay on hands, and I will heal myself up a little bit so I don't, uh, you know, so I die at a, at a more opportune time and not immediately. And then uh, for my bonus action, I will Misty step behind the orc blood mage at the north, so I believe he is A on our map. Yes, okay. Right up next to him. <laughs> I love Misty step. Mm-hmm. All right, Blamp, there you are. And that blood mage is like, ah! And then Tarnoth. All right. I don't like magic and I don't understand magic, but I'm going to make a roll to see if going and running and grabbing one of these eggs is a terrible idea. All right. Go ahead. Give me an arcana or intelligence. I think whether it's a great idea or a terrible idea, I believe completely the opposite because I rolled a one. <laughs> okay. You think if you time it correctly, you okay. could run in there and grab at least one of the eggs. I'm going to wait for the timing. I'm going to get ready. You're seeing these sparks like kind of fly up and like just after one of the sparks goes off, you feel like the the field dims a little and you think you can probably get in there and and, uh, yeah, you think you can get in there and get it. That's my plan. Okay, cool. So I'll tell you when that happens. You can go ahead and ready an action to do that. I will do and I'll roll. What what am I rolling? Like sleight of hand or something? Uh, We'll see what happens when you get there. Sounds good. Probably done. Zombie A. Uh, well, gosh, he's all alone now. Well, not all alone. His other target just lamped away from him. So uh, one of the zombies right next to Althrax will attempt to reach out and slam him and misses. And Althrax, it is your turn. There are two zombies in front of you and a burning zombie that may still be alive. I'm not really sure. All right. I will shout, Rasquis, if you get a hold of the eggs, can you get them out of here? I think so. <laughs> the rest of us will perish supporting your escape. That's very noble of you. I'm going to get my way away. I'm going to just start trying to move. I don't know how many these things are going to get to hit me or how that works, but... Well, if you want to just do a uh, disengage, you can move to your full movement and they will not be able to uh, swing on you. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so I'm just going to start heading toward giant skull in Wall of Flame. Okay. Uh, Aging from all of those. And now I'll try to make my constitution roll. Okay. And so this is uh, 20 this time. You feel better now. The uh, wave of exhaustion passes. I shake it off like the fella over there with the hella great hair. There's not any Taylor Swift references in this podcast. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> um, several more hits than Chubba Wamba. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm assuming that's all I can do at this point, right? Yeah. Okay. So this zombie is going to follow you, Althrax, and is going to attempt to slam you. And yeah, these guys are just annoying. They just follow you. Can't really do anything. Zombie who's still on fire will move over to you, Althrax, as well. And he's going to attempt to hit you. And uh, no, Uh, a matter of fact, 
he goes to slam you, and then as he is burning and misses you, he all of a sudden then just starts crumbling, and he dies as he can't do anything else, and he rolled a one. So yeah, scary, scary zombie that was dead is now dead again, because these guys roll like garbage. Alrighty, skeleton C. Oh, clever skeleton. Clever skeleton pulls out a short bow and fires at Ulthrax with his short bow. He misses him, but, you know, smarter than a zombie. Okay, the dead zombie. And back up to the top. Okay, Blood Mage A, who has now got a giant black dragonborn knight in front of his face. Hello! He is not good with that. I suggest you try to run away. Don't worry, I won't use my attack of opportunity. Just, just go, just disengage, it'll be fine. Perhaps disengage into that safe-looking wall of fire. Yes, run that way. That is a wise thing, which a clever blood mage would do, but you know. Instead, that blood mage who looks, you know, he's definitely a little scared, but then his eyes just narrow and he reaches his hand out and a pulsating black energy uh, washes over you. And I will need you to make a constitution save. All right. Well, let's see. You are being struck with a blight. No, not a blight. Uh, that is a 20. Okay, that is a successful save. So you will take 18 points of necrotic damage and not 36 points of necrotic damage. Well, I suppose. The other blood mage on the other side looks over at this dragonborn that's coming towards him and then back over at you, Galthrak, who has just taken a whole bunch of necrotic damage and thinks, yeah, you know what? I want that knight to die. And so he does the same thing to you, Galthrax. So I'm gonna need you to make another constitution save as he throws a blight on you, because these guys are just dicks. F you, 22. Okay, so you'll take 20 points of necrotic damage instead of- <laughs> I used on hands last time. Yep. I'm still alive. <laughs> Go team paladin. And then uh, after he does that, he will move. <laughs> team back behind <laughs> this pillar. <laughs> Not that that's probably going to help him much, but Reskris, it is your turn. Yeah, so yeah, the knight is getting struck just wave after wave of horrible necrotic energy. That seems bad. I'll try to dispel a little bit of magic. All right. I can automatically end a spell of third level or lower. It can do more than one if there's more than one there. And for each spell of fourth level or higher, I make an ability check using my spell casting ability. The DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. On a yep. successful check, the spell ends. Okay, so what I'm going to need you to do is go ahead and give me three of those rolls. And I'm assuming you're targeting that magical effect that you're seeing on the eggs. Yeah, yeah. All right. So one is 14. One is, ooh, one's 22. Okay. One is 12. All right. So yeah, you focus on that area and, you know, it's kind of a battle of wills between your like raw, like force of personality as a sorcerer, as that's the source of your magic. You feel it just one by one going after these three effects that are going on and you feel you are resisted. The extra planar travel effect resists it. The necromancy resists it but you seem to have broken down the time aspect of the spell. So the uh, force within it that is aging things within this field stops. 
And at that point, once that happens, it's the first time you notice that Dalar seems to notice something. Mm-hmm. So Quag looks over at Althrox and then says, hold on a second, and then runs over here and he pulls out another tube and puts in what really looks like a spitwad and then just blows the spitwad at you. And Althrax, you were hit by this weird black goo that hits the side of your scales and then just kind of infuses very fast. And all of a sudden you become very large as you are enlarged by this weird thing that this kobold just do to you. Now that you are enlarged, let me tell you what happens. Uh, your size doubles, your weight is multiplied by eight. Uh, you are now large. You have advantage on strength checks, strength savings throws, and your weapons will do an extra D4 of damage. So congratulations, you're big. Dun, 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 dun. And Gulthog, you were there being necromancers, uh, uh, so but you know, right. right now, it's still right in front of you. So all right, yeah. Well, I think he gets some horrible death. As bonus action, I will cast thunderous smite, <laughs> and then, uh, well, then now we'll get to the smiting. Okay, that is uh, 19 and 19 to hit him. Oh, those will uh, both hit him. Even with uh, so damage. the first one will do 30 points of damage. Okay. Uh, there is also uh, there is there is also audible thunder within 300 feet of me, uh, and uh, the target is a creature that must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed away 10 feet and oh, knocked yeah. prone, which, you know. Ooh, he rolled a natural 20 on his feet. This way to go. Way to go. But he has also taken 30 points of damage, which is not great for him. Hmm. He's still alive, but he is very, very hurt. And we go to Tarnoth. You will see that something has disrupted that weird spark of energy. It appears to be gone. I'm going to grab an egg. Okay. I'm going to run up and grab it. Uh, the one that's near A there. Okay. So, Tarnoth, you run and get over to that egg and I need you to make a constitution savings throw as you hit this field. Hey, I got a nat 20 though, so 21. Oh my God. All right. So as you hit the field, you feel like you're being pulled apart. Like parts of you are being like pulled into some other dimension. Because that's literally what's happening to you. But you're able to hold yourself together and go ahead and give me a sleight of hand to attempt to snatch one of these eggs. That is 22. Okay, so you have your hands on one of the eggs. Great. Now what? I'm pulling and running to hide. Okay, so you can you can use a bonus action to take another move. Yes. Um, however, as you're going back out of that field, I'm going to need you to make another constitution saving throw. Okay. Oh, come on. Uh, if you're within 10 feet of my character, you get a plus three on that. That's great. So uh, that's a 13. Not so good. 13 is not so good. So you have the egg. You're holding the egg. And you go to move out of the field, and you just bonk into it, and you are stuck. Okay. And out of the corner of your eye, you see a lich look at you. Oh, good. Not look happy. A little help here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tarnoth, I'm going to need you to make a con save. Oh, okay. uh, that's a 13 again. Okay. Uh, this is probably not going to be good. Yep. The Lich looks to you, and its eyes glow, and you are struck 
by a beam of negative energy and you will take 59 points of necrotic damage or you are struck with a finger of death. Yeah, I'm down. Oh dear. So yeah, so you saw Tarnath go in there and kind of squeeze through, grab an egg and then kind of get stuck. And then the Lich just kind of looks up for a second and he just, he's struck by this black wave of energy and falls. So I'm assuming you're not outright dead. Oh, you're not, so you would not become a zombie. So good news. Hey, way to go. But you know who is a zombie? Zombie A. Hey. Closest thing is this kobold. So the zombie's going to go over there and attempt to thump on Quig. And we'll miss him. Alrighty. Althrax, you are huge now. Right. You saw all that stuff happen. I sure did. But all that's, I'm just going to go at this guy. So. The, which, the zombie on you? Oh, uh, no. Blood mage. Or, uh, Dom. Dalar there. Okay. Roscris, go ahead and roll the uh, wall of flame damage because he will pop up into the prime material plane momentarily. Yeah, so uh, that will be when that happens. Twenty-three points of damage. Okay, when he does that finger of death, you do notice that he kind of shifts into the prime material plane and is burned. He does not really notice it, but he is burned. And uh, sorry, Althrax, you can go ahead and attempt to do something to this lich gonna see what happens when I try to bash him a couple of times with my longsword. Okay. I'll go from there. 18 and 14. Uh, 18 will hit. So I expected. Okay. Well, not the greatest. Eight points of damage and three points of necrotic damage, if that's a thing. Is your sword magical? My sword is magical. Okay, good. So he takes damage from your sword because it is magical. He does not take damage from non-magical weapons. All right, so you do hit him. Kind of like the other thing doesn't really seem to make much of an effect on him. Uh, But um, but, yeah, I mean, he's taking the damage. Um, Zombie C is going to come up on you, Althrax, and is going to slam. Nope, these guys can't roll for shit. Dead Skeleton C is going to bow. And another arrow flies past you, Ulthrax, from the skeleton. And the blood mage on you, Galtok, will reach out his hand and attempt to touch you. Oh, all right. That's a 23. That'll hit. You are struck with a vampire touch. Wow. Bad touch. You take eight points of necrotic damage, and he gets back eight hit points, which still probably won't keep him alive. He feels like, oh, that should have worked better. Uh, <laughs> Other blood mage is going to is to defend his master. Ulthrax, I need you to make a constitution save. I need to make it even more than you do. I rolled a 20. Alright, yeah. you are not blinded. As a horrible magical light flashes in front of your eyes, you're able to close your eyes and avoid being blinded by it. And this blood mage... <laughs> and Raskris, it is your turn. I think I'm going to try another one of them dispel magics. Okay. So there's two things still there to roll? Yes. Yep. Okay. There's the all-extraplanar effect and the necrotic effect. Okay. The first one's 18. The second one is 16. All right. You have taken down the extraplanar barrier. All right. That's the good news. The bad news is the Lich seems to be paying more attention, though Though he does seem to be divided in dealing with, you know, people taking the eggs but also trying to get this ritual to keep working. So it's not like he can do the normal crazy amount of things he can do, but you think you can probably, if you time it right, you can do what you need to do. All right. And next is Quag. Quag will go, what do I do? What do I do to you? Well, there's a mage in front of me. 
Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> less excited about that, but you know. <laughs> One hand, he has his weird little cylindrical wand thing, and that will shoot a gout of flame out at the blood mage on you, Galthok. And that will fire three fiery rays at this guy. <laughs> All three of them will hit. <laughs> oh my god. These are the worst rolls I've ever seen. Okay, okay, that's better. <laughs> so he lights that blood mage up. It feels like it should have taken him down, but it, it, he dodged a little bit out of the way. So then Quig has this big, weird backpack, <laughs> and he, like, pulls a huge... It, basically, it's cannon. <laughs> <laughs> out of it and just holds it up over his back and he goes, fucking die! And then a blast of fire uh, shoots out at him and just annihilates this blood mage. He drops and he did. Uh, as he uses his Eldritch Cannon on that blood mage, uh, which he gets to do as a bonus action. Uh, <laughs> it is your turn. Is the Lich existing in the same plane as I am at this point? Oh, yeah, he certainly is. Um, okay, he, cool. He, he seems to be trying really, really hard to get some of these magical effects back up again. Okay. Uh, but he is aware of what's going on. He's in play, but not as in play as uh, as he All right. might be able to do. Like, he's not going to do his legendary actions and stuff. However, he used one of his, just his regular spells and just dropped your assassin like nothing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, first, I'm going to, as a bonus action, I'm going to Hunter's Mark him. Okay. And then I'm going to go up and I'm going to strike him. Okay. And I'm going to trust other people to grab eggs while I'm here heroically killing this lich for the greater right. glory of uh, our mother, the dragon. All right. Go ahead. He has definitely been hurt. Let's see. That is a 23 and a, a net 20. <laughs> okay. Those are both hit. All right. So it's uh, 36 and 18. Okay. All right. So that's, yeah. Um, yeah, you are wailing on this lich mm. and taking chunks out of him. And you're feeling, you know, pretty good about that. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure it's going to go fine. Karnath, I need you to make a death save. Gotcha. Hey, I got a 17. All right. You are not dead. Yeah. All right. Wait to not be dead. There's a zombie uh, attacking the kobold and missing him quite well. Althrax. Ulthrax just did a whole bunch of damage to this lich, and it seems like it's your turn. Yeah, so I will continue to smash it. Well, I rolled a 20 for one natural 20 there. All right. <laughs> Good lord, you guys are critting this guy real, real, real bad. Uh, a clear miss, but I'll take that crit. Mm -hmm. yep. Does the uh, necrotic damage uh, double or no? Oh, well, does, yeah, does it double or not? Yeah, the necrotic damage will double as well. Okay. But then it will half again because he's resistant to it. But, you know, but still, you're rolling it twice. So. Okay, so 20 points of damage and four points of necrotic damage. Okay, all right. He he's definitely knows what's going on now. Uh, <laughs> zombie comes uh, to feebly try and attack huge Althrax here and misses him. And... This skeleton is going to shoot his stupid little bow at Althrax and probably miss him. Yep. Okay. Go up to the top of the round. Huh. Boy, well, who is he going to kill? Hmm. Yeah. Dalar turns to this troublesome knight and looks deep into your eyes and utters a horrible, 
word in an ancient tongue you barely understand. It rings in your head uh, like a fire. And how many hit points does your character totally have there, Scott? I currently have 12 hit points. Okay. Uh, yeah, you die. <laughs> um, as you are struck by power word kill, <laughs> which just kills you. Yeah. <laughs> does Delar um, take damage from the wall of fire? Yeah, yeah, he will take some damage from the wall. Go ahead and roll your wall of fire damage. It's something. Uh, that will be 23. Okay. After he casts that spell, he will look grumbly at himself and then move back from the wall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he gives that look like, okay, <laughs> you have my undivided attention. <laughs> okay. Blood Mage is running around behind that wall of fire. I'm not sure exactly what he's trying to do, but Raskaris, it is your turn. You can. You said I, I might be able to time it. To try um, to get yeah, you have enough movement to get over to the eggs and pull out your scroll. Okay. Yep, I'll do that. Now, you can, if you wish, if you get the spell off, you can bring the eggs and your two friends here, Ulthrax yeah. and Tarnoth. All right. I would bring the living people. I wouldn't worry too much about it. However, the kobold is uh, fucked. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah. you will have to make a roll because that spell is a higher level spell than you can normally cast. So, Okay. Uh, so, uh, how do I do that? <laughs> All right, so what you need to do is make an Arcana check with a DC of 17. Okay, Arcana, is that? That is exactly 17. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, this is what happens. Raskris pulls out this scroll and waves of extra planar energy coalesce around him. And are you bringing your friends or just the eggs? It's up I'll to bring, you. I'll bring Althrax. <laughs> You'll bring Althrax, but not Tarnoth. Tarnoth, yeah. <laughs> Tarnoth's already dead as far as you're concerned. Yeah, yeah, you can trust that asshole anyway. Uh, Rest Chris is chaotic evil. He's the only one of you who's chaotic evil. He's <laughs> also the only one of you that had a way to get the eggs out of here. But the good news is it works. <laughs> Rest Chris teleports the eggs and Althrax, who shrinks immediately. Uh, so you're pretty sure that kobold is now dead, <laughs> was, who cast that spell on you. But Ulthrax, you know, probably feels a nice sense of pride that somehow he survived and that ridiculously arrogant knight that has been holding knighthood over him for his entire career is dead. <laughs> now, are you teleporting it to where you've been told to teleport it? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the two of you and the three dragon eggs appear in this under mountain cavern and you are standing a massive cave and in this massive cave you look around you and you see stuff just like yes riches and treasure but stuff like you see furniture and clothes and toys and tools and farming implements and like rotting food and just random shit everywhere you have no idea like the treasure you get but all the random stuff you don't understand it but there it is and sleeping atop this horde of crap is a massive red dragon yeah it's uh, it, the dragon takes hoarding to the cycle yeah. <laughs> no, as rick explained these dragons they just they will collect stuff sometimes without any real seeming like purpose they just like Excellent. stuff huh. don't half-ass your hoarding 
Horde. And, uh, if you're going to hoard, go big, or never mind. <laughs> and for a moment, you see the red dragon, which you've never been in the physical presence of the mother before. Like, rarely do people, like, no one ever sees her, but you were told exactly where to go. And you see an eye open on this dragon, and it scans the room, sees you standing there, and then you hear... And it gives you that look like, oh, this dragon's about to just burn me, and my, you know, taking half damage from fire will not save me. <laughs> and then it looks, and it looks down and sees the eggs, and then it stops the growling, Weed. and then closes its eyes and goes back to sleep. <laughs> That's fine. And you see off in the distance a way out of this cavern, and, uh, Probably, probably should leave. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Agreed. <laughs> As we're walking away from the dragon's lair, I will turn to Ulthrax and say, uh, so, um, do you have any plans for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> would, you, would you like to grab a bite with me? <laughs> no eggs. <laughs> no eggs. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the tower, there is an orc necromancer. After the wall of fire drops, the orc necromancer goes over to the body of this dragonborn knight and raises it. And this hideous zombie, Dalar, looks over at him and looks down. This strange look uh, appears on his face, but it's not a look of failure or disgust. It's a look of bemusement. And he looks over across the room at this little kobold sitting there and just goes, uh, I bet you think you won. When those eggs hatch, we'll see who's laughing. And the little kobold looks up at the lich and says, yeah, well, ha ha, motherfucker. And <laughs> pulls forth his cannon and like just starts hitting it with tools and clanging and banging, and a massive explosion rocks the top of the dark spire. And blows a nice size hole in this thing. Mm -hmm. Dollar the Lich is going to have to spend like 1d10 days bringing himself back to life, but <laughs> annoying. But, you know, this little fucker did blow up the tower, which is you know, what he wanted to do. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Mario and MJ and Kevin for... Uh, helping out and uh well it looks like you guys have to go so we'll we'll see you later bye bye oh, oh hey look rick's back oh hey rick hi how you doing good 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 thing we, good thing we got rid of that riffraff yeah i know i know they all had to leave weirdly enough i, I you know we gotta get God, the, the studio's a mess we gotta <laughs> we gotta be careful more careful with who we let in i know i know what a mess wow yeah, this is uh, this is all happening at the same time. This is not at all uh, something we recorded a week or two after, uh, <laughs> or you know. Anyway, now you guys uh, are you're breaking the fourth wall again. What do we? I know. know I, I can't help it. I'm I'm all about uh, meta textual stuff. That's my weakness. <laughs> my weakness I, is bullet. Mine's cheese. <laughs> Pretty much mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Since the uh, recording wound up just being almost three hours of combat uncut, I thought maybe we should talk about other stuff that's going on in the war. 
and uh, kind of wrap this episode up and this more thing up. So now that we're all on the same page, what I want to do is just do a round robin of other things going on in the month. And I will say that the events of the Strike Force were probably something that happened, you know, super early in the month, uh, probably really, you know, kind of still last month if we're, if time is a linear thing. So these things that we're talking about can be affected by the uh, big battle. So I'll, I'll start with Scott this time. All right. Here I am. Yeah. Ready to start. <laughs> so what are some things you think are happening? Oh, uh, well, uh, let's see. I mean, we, we had touched on this last time, but uh, I think the kind of most fascinating thing is there's a bunch of demons who got who made a deal with the orcs and they're off doing something. And and I, I, I don't know what that is, uh, but uh, but I like the idea that there is now they're not just what was it a volcano just spewing out demons that now those demons have some kind of foothold on the, the main continent, which I think is delightful and probably yeah. will come up again. But as far as like, you know, I mean, we, I think we talked about last time that the Dragonborn army, once the strike force is infiltrated or is is inserted, they're just kind of like, all right, well, we'll back off here and, you know, pull back to some kind of defensible line. So I don't know that there's to there. Um, I'm fascinated to know how the, the orc dwarf relations go after this. But I don't I don't know how that goes. That's a really que- that's a question for Rick. <laughs> so it's a good thing he's here. Yeah, yeah. The Dragonborn army, yeah, I had them basically kind of retreating, going off into the mountains, um, but they're still around. And obviously, I feel like there's probably reinforcements, you know, coming from the different Dragonborn cities. And I, I think in all likelihood, there's probably skirmishes starting up between Gorkash and Kerbisa because they're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. The demon-possessed orcs, I know some of them went into the Asimar lands to cause trouble. And I would say uh, into this month, everything's probably gone quiet over there. I don't know how much the SMR really are involved with other folks, but I I have a feeling they're the kind of things that people go, you know, on quests to go see them, Hmm. you know, or Hmm. or whatever, uh, because of their celestial natures. But yeah, there's probably some bad stuff going on there. And I was thinking it's like, you know, orc possessed demons. We don't know how many orcs or how many demons, but the way I see it is, you know, one orc could be possessed by any number of demons. Yeah. And I'm assuming that uh, being demons, they wouldn't want to spread to just only one spot. They'd want to populate the whole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I would say. I'm assuming that, most of them just spread out. Yeah, I see probably some out. of them just yeah are taking this uh, opportunity to really just really get out and explore the land, you know, really walk around the space, take it in. Really, you know, it's uh, kind of like a, a buffet of new souls for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because I think... Pile you know, up like in said, the Winnebago I, they got, and they're yeah. off. See the sights. I, yeah, I think that, Sample you know, uh, demons, I'm sure demons now and then come across, you know, maybe they'll snatch a traveler going to the archipelago or whatever, but they went directly to the source. And, not, and nobody yeah. does that. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, nobody that. goes to the volcano to say hello. That is insane. So yeah, I think there's probably all kinds of things in the in the orc demons that went to the dark spire to give the uh, extra planar magic to Dalar. I'm sure they're still there. Okay, Rick, I'm going to ask you this question. All right. Actually, let's do a fun thing, Rick. Can you get your hands on a D10? Wow, you're you're asking a lot now. Um, all right, yeah. And okay. I it even. All right. So this is what I want to know. The question is, 
how many days does it take Delar to reform his body so he can, you know, get back in the mix? So it's D10 uh, days. So, you know, it's so that was two. Two. You rolled a two? Yeah. All right. Great. Great. So it only takes Delar a couple of days. He, you know, reforms wherever his phylactery or soul shard or whatever you want to call it is, which I imagine is, you know, any hidden place somewhere in the Blasted Lands. I would imagine. Or not too far. Scouted by an undead army of clowns. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, is not out of the action for any real huge length of time. So I have some ideas as to what might have happened with those eggs, but we can, you know, we can talk about that if you want, or we can just let that be a, a, a surprise out there in the horizon, which may never, you know, who knows? Well, here's the question. Does Dalar have an idea what if, might have happened with those eggs? He definitely does. There was a little cutscene at the end of the battle where Dalar basically indicated that you guys thought you won, but did you really? Okay. Right before the uh, little kobold blew the whole place up. So, I mean, I don't need to necessarily discuss that, but if it's something Dalar could take advantage of quickly, then maybe we want to discuss it. If it's something that it's more of a long play then we don't need to discuss it okay well here's the thing because what i'm thinking there's a lot of things but it's like they took those eggs right back to the dragon mm -hmm. and gave them to her so those eggs that have been bathed with necrotic energy are just sitting there with that dragon so something to think about necrotic energy nothing like radiation or anything yeah just like evil radiation yeah okay so the dragonborn rebels used goblins to let the dwarves know about sneaky stuff that might be going on and that they're probably being used as pawns. The question is, Rick, that message getting to the dwarves, how do you think it would be received? And what do you think they do with that information? Ah, uh, well, hmm. did we identify at all who was in charge of the dwarves that were coming? We never really set a, and okay. we never set a specific, I'm sure they, they sent somebody, but they were sending right. like cavalry okay. and, and more, more mobile units, not their chief defense, but like right. their people who fight, you know, overland. Yeah. It says here, cavalry and archers. So, okay. Yeah, cavalry um, they're probably not surprised. Yeah. At least not terribly surprised. So what would they do with this information? Uh, they'd probably relay it back. You know, mm -hmm. they're lawful in general, so they're going to do that. Yeah. Um, they'd probably await orders, but they might drag their feet kind of thing, would be my right. guess. Mm -hmm. Go through the motions, but not put in the real effort. That would be yeah. my guess. Anyone dispute that as logical? No, no. I, no, I, I, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fair. I think they are, you know, they haven't been really exuberant about having to do this at all. I feel like they've probably been told, you know, we're not here to help liches with their diabolical plans we're just here helping people you know helping the people the orcs yeah uh, defend themselves from outside attackers and when it gets to a point where because it is a defense pact it is not an assault mm -hmm. and go out and invade other places so all right so yeah it would make sense that uh they will tie things up with committees and in the meantime they will do everything they can to help the refugees and to fortify gorkash yeah, that makes the most sense. Given that, you know, some of the wind has been taken out of the Dragonborn sails as far as like, you know, they had a thing they wanted to do. And granted, I don't think they're going to give up. Um, yeah. But the goal of their thing wasn't to just annihilate the orcs. It was to stop this thing and get their eggs back. But 
Yeah. What's a war sparks though? You know, you kind exactly. of lose control over what the goals are. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. So the only other thing I can think of that's going on that we might want to discuss a little, the bar barbarians and the dwarves are still fighting. The bar have taken control of the dwarvish assets in the uh, Southwest of the forge lands. So unless the dwarves are okay with there just being some barbarians living in their mountains, uh, they're probably going to want to get them out. I don't know if we want to roll some dice or not on that, or if we just want to just kind of narrate, I'll leave it out to you guys to kind of decide. Well, okay. Here's a question. Are the forces that the dwarves can array quickly fairly equal to what the barbarians have as far as where they've dug in? Yeah. I'd say we each roll a handful of, we'll come up with a number of six-sided dice. Whoever gets higher can narrate it based on how close the die rolls were. Okay. I'll have you two do it. Okay. Hmm. How does, I don't know, 76 sound? Sounds great. Hang on. Four, six, seven. Right. Yeah. Doing Sounds awesome. Okay. So, uh, all right. Let's go ahead and roll some dice. Yeah. The barbarians are are feeling it. All right. I got a 32. Okay, the dwarves got a 23. Right. So okay, I, well. I think you can narrate it. I think it's a somewhat decisive victory. So All right. Yeah, well, let's, I, I think probably, you know, the dwarves were talking about like, okay, well, we have to defend this territory and we'll go and we'll send some people. And it is like the onslaught of the barbarians is much more vigorous and determined than than the dwarves thought. And so they overrun a bunch more of the settlements than they thought. And like the dwarf troops that got there didn't get there, you know, in time, because of course the quickest units were sent scampering down to the south. So the forces didn't get there and build up the defenses the way that, you know, I envisioned the dwarves would prefer to fight. And so then it became like, oh, we're we're in more open battles with the barbarians and they're doing those you know, sneaky barbarian tactics of, you know, this and encircling and moving quickly and doing all these things that are obnoxious to dwarves who are like, no, no, let's just line up and fight. <laughs> let's let's make this a, a contest of strength and, uh, and equipment instead of this silliness. And so the dwarves are kind of out and kind of wrong-footed right at the beginning and the, the VAR push them much further back than they expected before the dwarves go okay here's our defensive line here are the settlements that we'll build up the defenses of and you know and then we'll now we'll figure out how to push them out of that but like whether the vars goal ultimate goal here is to hold this territory is just plunder it they're doing a really good job of plundering it at the moment that's what i think happens all right Feel, yeah, feel free to uh, to add or change anything there, obviously, because yeah. I, I don't I, know anything I, about the VAR. So yeah. uh, I think know, the dwarves uh, probably, you know, had, you know, we're like, oh, well, we'll 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 slow them down. We'll we'll lure them into these traps and stuff. And before the traps were ready, you know, like the boulders to come rolling down and stuff on them, they just moved too fast. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't able to do what they wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. It's just I, I think they continually underestimate these barbarians. Yeah. Um, and uh, they realize, wow, and all this time, they've really kind of been watching hmm. how this works, you know? <laughs> so it, it might be one of those things where, depending on how it goes, if this was, you know, maybe some barbarians live here now. It's certainly far from over, I'm sure. And yeah. uh, I have a feeling that when and if the uh, more mobile uh, uh, cavalry and, and archers uh, who, you know, come back from the York War <laughs> will probably be a bigger factor in uh, what might what happening 
uh, to them after that. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm missing anything right now. I think we pretty much covered everything fairly well. Um, wasn't a you know a super lot else out there. But um, I'll ask you this, Rick. Uh, one final thing is mm-hmm. uh, now that what has happened has happened. Once Delar finds himself in his a great new body, what's his next move? Hmm. Well, there's all these fresh dead lying around. I I can only imagine that some of them need to be turned into animated Walking Dead things to further increase his power. I know there was some effort to you know burn them and stuff, and some of them have already been turned into zombies and such. But whatever's left is going to join his army uh, when he gets enough. They're going to probably move to uh, sack Kyrgyzsa. Um, All right, that sounds like a litchy plan. Yeah. Okay, well, then that will bring us up to the events of the current campaign, such as they are. And believe it or not, when next we meet, uh, we will be uh, going back to the main story of a bunch of adventurers in the land of talking mushrooms. I mean... Wait a minute, we we had a main story that wasn't Orc Dragonborn? I know, I know. You might yeah. want to go back and, and give those a listen. Uh, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to. It's uh, not those obnoxious people again, is it? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that night and the. Oh, that guy sounds. He's insufferable. All right. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's with an uptight dwarven cleric yeah, knight. I don't know. The yeah. dwarven killjoy uh-huh. and the you know and the, and the uh-huh. quiet changeling who never changes into anything. <laughs> it, he's not on screen. Yeah. <laughs> so we will see you in a couple weeks for episode forty-seven. All right. 47. Excellent. Sounds good. Yeah, that's a good good number. 47. Good answer. All right. So thanks again, guys. And once again, thanks to everybody else. And a special thanks to Mario, who, uh, who knows, we might, uh, we might see him again on here. I might be able to pressure him into coming back on. Well, when he does come back on, we should make him play in a three hour long combat. Yeah. yeah. And don't let him say anything. Just roll dice. Next time he has to clean up the, uh, Yes. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's horrible in here. Somebody's I don't know what the sticky stuff is, but it's 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 unpleasant. <laughs> All right, well on that note, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. 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 Thank you everybody for listening. And once again, we would love to thank our apprentice architect Patreons, Gillian and John Christensen, Suzanne Bell, and Caitlin Thompson. We could not do this without you. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash AOE podcast. Have fun. We'll see you next time.